Hello, and welcome to The Chess Circuit, a podcast all about the wonderful game of chess. My name is Adam Ralph, and I'm your host. In this bonus episode, you can listen to Ben and Adam discussing chess in the UK before, during, and post-pandemic. Will we get back to over-the-board chess? And if so, when? Is there a future for talented players in the online world? Hello, Ben. How are you? Ah, if you're muted, the usual got you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really good, thanks, Adam. Um, I, I just find it incredible that after zillions and zillions of conference calls, I still every time seem to forget to hit the button to unmute myself. And you're not the only one. You're <laughs> no, not the yeah, only one. I've been, I've been um, teaching chess online today, and uh, at least yeah. twice I forgot to unmute myself. And the kids had to tell me. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> so is it worth me saying a little bit about what we, what the plan was? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, introduce introduce the idea. Yeah. I mean, in the future, we might we might tweak it a bit. But yeah, uh, yeah go for it. So I, th- I think what we were thinking was, you know, we've, we've, we've been really lucky. We've had some fantastic guests on some really good conversations and obviously really hope to do lots more um, interesting stuff like that. But. I think we were just sort of reflecting that quite often after the guest leaves, the two of us sort of stay, stay online and, you know, have a really good chat, actually. And we thought, why not try and just have a chat with two of us today and just, you know, pick a topic. And we thought perhaps today we would talk about about in lockdown, but our, both our experiences of that and our thoughts on opening it, opening up again. And really just to see, see how that went and see, if, see, see, see how it came across, really. I think it's a really good idea. I mean, quite often, you know, when we've been talking to people, I, you know, we, we kind of stop the recording and mm-hmm. uh, log off. And then immediately I think of all the interesting questions that I, <laughs> I should have asked, you know, and, it, and it's, it's too late to, to go back and revisit it. But it, it would be nice to have a kind of follow up session, you know, with you to talk about it, because actually we've had some very interesting guests on who've raised some think- interesting ideas. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a really nice idea, actually. Just just take stock and then think a bit about, you know, if we were to ask some of them back, you know, what, what yeah. might we follow up on? And, you know, because it's always a way, isn't it? You, you know, we always think of a good question just that moment too late. Yeah, think of it as a, a kind of post-mortem. Yeah. The way the way you, you kind of finish a game, game of chess and then you talk about the game for, for even longer, usually longer than the actual game lasted. Yeah. Um, we, could, we, could, we could do a little follow-up session for... Um, the podcast would be quite yeah quite good, good fun but it's a lot to talk about i mean in in chess even even with the current situation there seems to be an awful lot to talk about you just you've chosen a good topic but you could have chosen i, I guess any one of a, a number of interesting and yeah, controversial topics i think that's right <laughs> i thought in some ways you know what i was kind of conscious because we, we were sort of knocking about ideas weren't we and i think this probably is a bit a bit of a safer one to start with yeah right? yeah so see how he goes and then you can surprise me you can, you can lob in lob in a dangerous kind of grenade yeah. of a topic every now and then yeah. i don't mind <laughs> but it's funny isn't it because i guess so so where are we now so we're seeing you know things starting to open up again and you know but mm. maybe, maybe what we should do first is talk about you know what was it like for both of us when when things started to close down because you were very busy running obviously all of your tournaments and so on yeah after the Leamington League and trying to sort of think about how we took that, that forward. Well, for, for me, I mean, it, it's um, I'm probably in, 
a unique situation because I do so many tournaments normally mm. that it, it went, you know, it's quite poor timing for me because I'd, I'd given up my job and I was mm. thinking ahead about the next year and planning all the tournaments that I was going to do. And I'm, I'm quite well organized and I had them all in my diary. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, I, um, my diary was empty. So for me, it was it was unusual. But Mm. I think that probably reflects the situation that a lot of people found themselves in if they had their own kind of business or, you know, they were um, got to find their own work. Basically, if you've got to generate your own work, either through sales mm. or um, events, that whole that whole industry has taken a beating. Um, but it, it's come back quite strongly. I think people mm. have. You know, the, the word I hear a lot is pivot. It's a bit of a cliche, mm. but a lot of people have found alternative ways to mm. to keep going, you know, and and um, from from my point of view, there was never a question that I wasn't going to be involved in chess. The question was very much, how was I going to be involved in yeah. chess if, if I can't take people to a physical venue and sit them opposite each other? Um, even though I felt that was going to be temporary, I suspected it was going to be long enough that, you know, a, a lot of organisers would um, kind of give up and walk away. I think, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, Adam, I just think hats off to you. But I think, you know, like many people, I've, I've really enjoyed playing in your tournaments over lots and lots of years. And, you know, and you take the, you take the plunge. And I guess when you're deciding to take that plunge, you must weigh up, you know, pros and cons, risks. But I, well, I'm willing to bet that the one thing you didn't have on your risk register was, hey, suppose nobody's actually allowed to play chess, you know, no. face to face. No so, one saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. So, you know, it's... Um, no one saw that coming. But I, yeah. I think the, 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 the good thing is that people, are, I mean, you know, long, long before there was the internet and long before uh, there were kind of formal tournaments that, that anyone could play in, people mm. were playing chess... Uh, you know, in that you can't stop them playing chess. People still play yeah. chess face to face. Um, you know, in family groups and uh, outside in the park. Mm. And mm. I, I don't think you can stop the game. Um, but what I was worried about it doing was um, kind of arresting the development of a whole mm. generation of young players who, who, you know, in the end that's that's what we do it for is mm. is to give opportunities to young players to improve uh, maybe even become professional chess players and that that definitely was a threat you know in this country we've never yeah. had a huge range of international tournaments for players to take part in and you know after covid it it, it went down to zero you know mm. obviously so mm. that is a worry no i think that's right and i think I mean, for me, I remember playing, I played in a Birmingham Rapid play. It was um, it was about three days before the first lockdown, but everybody knew it was coming, if you know what I mean. So and it was very yeah. strange because we were there and there weren't quite as many people as normal, but it was still quite a good, quite a good turnout. Maybe slightly younger average, average participants than you would normally get. And, you know, lots of, you know, it's like lots of friends and stuff. And I, I kind of noticed that it's something that if you look around, you know, a lot of those people I've known for years and a lot of it all felt very, very familiar, and yet it all felt kind of different as well because mm. I think everybody there knew they were doing something that they weren't going to be doing for quite, quite some time. And you know, and it's, and it's funny. I noticed more conversations going on and more sense of, you know, this is this is this is all all very, very surreal, and we don't know we don't know what's yeah. going on. It was 
you know, it was a good, it was a good day's chess. Um, but yeah, that was that was my last that was my last over, over the board chess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. You should say that because at the um, penultimate Hampstead, well, mm. it was supposed to be the penultimate Hampstead. Mm. I felt the same thing. You know, people mm. were asking me whether or not they thought whether I thought the next one would take place, um, whether I thought I would get enough entries. Mm. Um, and of course, eventually that one was cancelled, literally the day before it was supposed to take place. Um, and it, it did feel really weird. It felt like, you know, we were going into a sort of epic conflict and yeah. people were saying, you know, I, I might, you know, I hope I see you on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, so there are some people we won't see on the other side of it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know at least three or four players who used to come to uh, Golders Green who passed away yeah, um, due like, to COVID. Likewise. Yeah, oh, that's very sad. And then again, likewise, I, I, I know some some Midlands players and some COVID, some, some you know, some other causes. And, you know, it's very, very sad. Very sad. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, the, 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 um, the good thing is that it, it has forced people to find alternative ways of, uh, you know, competing and offering uh, competitions. And um, I think that's brought out the creative kind of streak in a lot of organisers. Um, so that's been really good to see. You know, they haven't, they haven't kind of just given up um they've they've tried something different and where it hasn't worked they've they've tried something else and until it until it has worked and um and when you look at the when you look at the list of tournaments that are available for instance on the um english chess federation calendar let's say that you know anyone can find that by googling english chess federation calendar and what you see is that is that the traditional over-the-board events have pretty much all been replaced by right. online equivalent cool. events. They, there's a huge number of things to take part in, and you've got to give the ECF credit for for doing that. I, I mean, I do completely. I mean, I was, I was playing in the ECF um, in one of the internationals for the English chess players um, a bit earlier on this, this afternoon. I think they've done a great job, you know, the international events, the Grand Prix, there's all sorts, all sorts of things, you know. So I was playing today in a team with, you know, Keith Arkles in the team, you know, lots of other other players, you know, Natasha Reagan, Matthew Sadler doing commentary yeah. and so on. It's it's been it's been really 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 good. I mean, it's it's funny actually because I sometimes feel it's sort of like my sort of guilty secret really when you know sometimes like non-chess players say, oh my god, goodness, it must have been hard for you not to have played play chess this year, not realizing. And you know, I I, I, I would be a bit sheepish about <laughs> confessing. I've actually played um I've played um over five five thousand games on on live chess and I've played um I've played qu- not not quite as many but I've, I've, I've played sort of various ECF events on chess.com as well. Wow, that that's amazing. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are short, you know. So but this is the thing you see, and this is how your habit changed. So before before lockdown, I played on ICC. Um, I did I did play online, but I was so busy mm. doing you know everything else that. It wasn't a huge thing. I never played bullet chess before lockdown. I've now played, I'm now completely addicted, mainly I think because a lead chess bullet tournament lasts 27 minutes. And, <laughs> and anybody, anybody who's working from home will know that's quite a convenient period to be able to justify. Uh, yeah, you can <laughs> fit a tournament in. You can fit a tournament in, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, so, so, so your, habit, you know, your habits do, do change. Um, but you know, there's absolutely no no shortage no shortage of chess, and of course you've been running all sorts of pioneering events, haven't you, Adam? In terms of yeah, doing it. I must admit the keywords there are uh, addictive. Um, yeah, I think 
addictive is is a good and habit probably mm. because I think blitz is addictive and it is habit forming and yeah. and I think that a lot of players are going to get quite a shock when they get to sit at a board opposite somebody and have a time limit of yeah. uh, maybe half an hour each or the equivalent they get, that's going to feel like an eon yeah. for for a lot of players especially the kids so um I I really I really love the blitz but you know, I, I had to give up playing bullet chess because I got RSI. I <laughs> just played it so much. You know, I, I'd find myself there at two o'clock yeah. in the morning, freezing yeah. cold, you know, with a very stiff arm thinking, yeah. you know, I've just got to get my rating back up to 2100, you know. Well, that's right. And, you know, as, as we all know, because I think every single chess player has been there, when you're chasing rating points online, it never, you know, when you're trying to come out of a tilt, it never goes, it never goes well. It never that's goes right. Well. But you're just convinced that, that you're turning around but the trouble is again you know i think you know we all get into bad habits playing on bits online i'm not sure whether i know any of my openings anymore because because they're so because you play i'm so used to playing so fast so i just play yeah intuitive moves and again we're all going to have to look at look at look at all of this again i think um, yeah i was teaching a group of kids today and i yeah. was talking to them about their ratings right. and um pretty pretty much all of them because of their age they don't they don't really think about ecf anymore um, mm -hmm. And it's been a year and a half since they played any ECF rated events. So we, we've got to try and get them back into ECF competitions. And we've got to try and get them, especially the really good ones, you know, back into FIDE rated competitions. Yeah. And that's going to be, that's going to be quite a challenge. So um, I was looking at the FIDE um, list of tournaments registered around the world mm. uh, today, um, just checking that my events were registered for July and August. I'll tell you more about those in a second. Mm. But I noticed that there weren't any events registered for Scotland or Wales or Ireland. And I thought that was really that that's a sign that, that mm. you know, what what kind of a challenge we've got at the moment, because um, on the English list, you know, I've basically got my rapid events um, in July and August. And may, maybe I think um, Tim Wall has got um an international probably, in august yeah. yeah and you know we've got a few events but that just shows you the kind of level of of challenge that we face mm. because you know before this all happened um if you searched for events in in england just england you'd find hundreds of fide mm. rated events mm. you know the the fide rating officer was come you know telling me how busy he was um mm. and how how much busier he expected to get over the next few years um and then this happened so that's our challenge, I think, is getting kids back into more um, serious modes of uh, chess. I think that's right, because you're competing with all of the other activities they do. And I think oh, there is this risk that because because online chess has become so convenient, that actually it gets almost sort of, you, you know, the overboard chess could get slightly pushed out. And I think we yeah. have to just, just hope that doesn't happen. I mean, you know, you've done loads of great online work with, with juniors, people like Paul Lamb in the Midlands and ditto and I, I really I, I'm really hopeful that that doesn't happen but I think it will I think it will take a bit of time and you know we, just, we can't just assume it will happen I think is probably the point. No I think there's there's groups of people who will make it happen because you know that they're passionate about it yeah and and, and it's all they think about or maybe I'm just talking about myself but no I know that there are definitely a number of organizers working on this mm. as, as, you know as we speak because we're all um, following the um, the progress of the the government's roadmap, uh, and uh, in, in in some ways, maybe seventeenth of May will be a very significant date. Um, I would say twenty twenty first of June is the sort of date that 
an organizer of larger events is going to be looking at as long as we yeah. can hit that target i think everybody will be happy but 17th of may will give pe people a lot more freedom to gather mm. in groups indoors and mm. so i can see i can think if we if we hit that target i think we'll see a you know a lot more small events springing mm. up um and what we could do with i've been asked this several times and i think what we could do with as organizers is probably um financial help i mean i can say for a, just to let you know that i'm doing four events in july and august in golders green and of course in the in the um in the old days a year and a half ago um, we used to get 160 players and because of the restrictions that we want to put in place to make sure people feel comfortable we've been very conservative and we've limited it to 60 players mm. in each event and of course that's not very economic but we've been very lucky that somebody stepped forward and said they would sponsor the events to make sure that they happened and we've also got an event in august which is an international event so it's the first one that would have been held in the uk for a long time uh for for the chance for younger players to get international master norms and that's taking place in someone's house because it's only wow. 10 players so that depends on the roadmap going well but yeah. it also depends on sponsorship and somebody is sponsoring that so i feel that where where we, we really need assistance is going mm -hmm. to be, um, let's say, the typical tournament organiser who only organises one event for the club every year. And maybe the finances are, you know, stretched anyway. And so mm -hmm. every year they're always thinking, you know, will I be able to run the next year's event? I think the ECF could do a great service to those organisers if they just gave them a grant and just said, look, yeah. here's 500 quid. You don't have to pay it back. Just run the event. And, and that, I think, would be... Um, a weight off a lot of people's minds. I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think this is absolutely, absolutely what we need to see. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm a huge, huge supporter of ECF, but I think sometimes I know when they get legacies and stuff, they sometimes seem to only use the interest, and I think rather than rather than, than the capital that they that they that they've been bequested. And I think if there was ever a time when we need to um. We need to sort of to you know to 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 pump some money in to keep things going. It has to, it has to be, it has yeah. to be now. It has to be now, because you know in the scheme of things, you know we're not talking huge sums to make chess work relative to most you know a lot of other of other sports. And no, it's you know, a paltry sum. Yeah, but it makes such a such a, such a difference because as you say, you know, I mean we all know there are lots of very capable juniors out there, but we know there's also there's been a gap in terms of. You know, England producing people of sort of a Nigel Short level or a John Spielman level who can go deep into deep into candidates tournaments or you know ultimately like Nigel actually make make the match against Kasparov and so on. So you know that's what we re we really need to see. And it's you know we don't want. To, I think it would be a real tragedy if in you know 10, 15 years we're reflecting, hey, you know what, that generation didn't didn't make it because of this. I mean, I think I think it's very hard. It's very hard for for younger people i think they form the brunt of you know the restrictions and stuff in terms of in terms of covid and i think we all owe it to them to you know ensure that they do have you know the, the best yeah. now um, the thing is um my my one of my favorite films is field of dreams mm. and uh you know if the if you build it they will come yeah. is true yeah. you know if, if you build it they will come and also the opposite unfortunately is true if you don't yeah. build it then they won't come. And then what I'm worried yeah. about is that if we don't put in place events where those those talented youngsters can can transition from being um, really good 11 year olds to um, titled 
eight, 17 or 18 year olds, then then we're going to lose them because they're going to be moving on to university and they're going to get careers in the city and they're going to have, you know, another another life. And I think that's what we need. And it, it was funny how over the last year and a half, I've reflected on quite a lot of things that mm-hmm. that, that happened over my chess career in inverted mm-hmm. commas. And I remembered how I got into chess was I was lucky enough to just have a local club mm-hmm. like Lewisham Chess Club, which organized international tournaments and mm-hmm. weekend tournaments. And were you know, the members were involved in lots of major events. And that's how I got suckered into um, organizing chess tournaments but Lewisham in particular they ran an international every year um, sponsored by the club or club members and it gave it gave young players the opportunity to play title players Uh, in an uh, all-play or format or or Swiss format depending on the year and that's the kind of thing we could probably do now uh, um, because a lot of clubs um, speaking just about my own club Hendon we've saved a lot of money over the last uh, year and a half on rent so we've got money in the bank and i you know that might be a good way of investing that money in in the future of some of our younger members have yeah. an international have something that's fide rated absolutely i mean this is this is exactly what we need and i think of course when there's just a broader challenge in terms of getting everybody else back to the board i mean i think it's one of the things that we know now that we didn't at the start of a pandemic but actually it's much easier to stop things when it is to start them again you know I, I remember with the Leamington League you know we were all um we have this um we have a meeting to say that you know, you know we hadn't finished our season and say that we're going to have to stop and you know not knowing what response we would get and universal support I mean frankly because of the way the, the rules changed we had no choice but but you know everybody was that was easy it was an e- it was an easy thing to do but restarting is harder because what you find is um People have different risk approaches to risk. Some will play. Um, some will play. Frankly, as soon as it was legal, some will absolutely. Uh, yeah, or, or even if it wasn't, then they, you know, or whatever. Um, some some will say they play when, when people are vaccinated. Some, as I think I said to you before, one person said to me, "You're here only play when there's a global global solution." You know, I have people say that I play in X club because I've got a big room, but I won't play in Y club because they're they're playing rooms smaller. And there are all these sort of different different permutations out there, which you know. And I think I think my my, my position throughout it was always to say to the league, we'll only come back where there's a consensus. And I think I'm still in that I'm still in that space in terms of you know we have to take the clubs with us. But equally, I think what I've learned as well is probably we can't wait for absolutely everybody to be a hundred percent, and we're going to have to get to a point where when it's when it is allowed, when there are tournaments happening. We have we have to start to build because the opportunity is there and if and if people are not ready yet we we don't pressure people we fully respect that we're there we're ready to welcome them at the right time but you know I, I really think it's so important that we start you know June October or whatever I think that's the key I think if we start again now we will we will build back it might take a year it might take two but the habits are still ingrained I just don't think we can afford to lose much more time. No, it's it's funny. That it reminds me of a conversation I had with somebody about eating in a restaurant. Mm. You know, we, they said, "When would you be comfortable mm. um, going to a restaurant again and and eating in an enclosed space mm. with all the other people there?" Mm. And um, you know, it's it's a good question because I think personally, I think um, a lot of people 
have have kind of lost the habit of going out mm. and spending a relatively large m- amount of money on eating out and they've developed a um uh deliveroo or uber eats yeah. kind of habit just to eat you know and i wonder if if the same thing might be true of chess you know i i don't i don't think it's exactly the same but i do know a lot of people who've just basically said i get what i want from chess out of playing online mm. and i'm not i'm not that bothered about going going you know traveling hundreds of miles to play in a tournament um at great expense and i and i think oh that's sad because actually half the fun for me is the social aspect of it is i look forward to the day when i can go to a tournament outside my area and meet a whole group of new players you know or even god forbid you know travel abroad yeah you know that would be fantastic I think that's right. I mean, the, the whole chess and friendship side is very, uh, yeah, it's very important to me. And I think it's something where we've all known people for, you know, a very long time. It's lovely to see them. Some you see a lot. Some you might see like once a year at a certain event or whatever. And that's, you know, and that's that's something that's something that, that that we really need. But I think as well, it's also, you know, from a pure chess perspective. As you know, as I was saying, you know, how many of my like five thousand Lee chess games do you think do you think I actually remember? <laughs> None. You know, how many of them have really have really have really sort of meant anything or you know and that, yeah. thing, that game of a club where I can remember all sorts of sorts of games and all sorts of occasions of like you know that big league match you know the tournament where you do quite well or something disastrous happens you know there's painful memories as well as good ones but but, but they kind of like mean something in a way that you know it's like I mean yeah okay like I'm annoyed sometimes when I lose an online game I shouldn't have done but no you're you're right every game is every game is like a story isn't it and when you play online there's not much of a story to it it all kind of blurs into one it does it does blur it does it does blur into one but i think um i should say this is a bit of a digression but in terms of from a sublime to the ridiculous there are certain things that i've done in online tournaments that would be impossible to do over over the board so (laughs) on on thursday or friday i was i was playing a bullet tournament and in the course of the same event, um, I managed. I lost a bullet game to a player graded um, rated eight hundred, and I beat a player graded two thousand five hundred. Oh. And I think, and I, think, and I yeah, well and what's interesting is if you look at the two games, they're both equally terrible. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody could humanly in a in an over the board tournament do those two things. <laughs> No, I think you're right. I think there's a guy on um, Facebook who who regularly publishes games that have been played on the internet, mm. which are terrible. You know, and and he's not picking on any group of players. I mean, yeah. they're they're games from um, beginners, title players, yeah. grandmasters. But but he said, you know, this couldn't happen in any other sphere. It, it just couldn't. The, yeah. the, blunders, the blunders and so on are just, you know, we we all just make mistakes. But you know, in a blitz online game, you could make a mistake. And you've still got a chance, whereas in an over the board game, you'd be you'd just be dead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but but again, this goes back to when people play over over the board again, you're going to be in for a shock because you made yeah. that mistake and you think, hey, and then you know instead of having that chance of thirty seconds later, you're back in the game. It's going to be four hours later that you've you've just lost. <laughs> so, so that's yeah. a very good point. Somebody said to me, well. Not normally, I wouldn't. You know, on the chessboard, you can divide the chessboard into quadrants. You know, mm. just divide it into quarters. And they said, mm. quite often, what I'll do is I will make the mistake of missing a long move. Yeah. But it's very difficult to do on a, on a chessboard on the screen. It's easier to spot because you can see the yeah. whole board. When yeah. I he said, when I get back to playing over the board, I'm going to find it really hard because yeah. I'm going to have to sit 
uh, you know, a lot further away from the board to get yeah. the same kind of perspective that I get when I'm playing online. And I said, yeah, people have that problem, don't they? Going backwards and forwards from online, exclusively online play yeah. to exclusively over the board play. Just as we saw at the beginning of the first lockdown, people had a real problem playing on online mm. because they just weren't used to 2D chess. No, you know, exactly. they were transitioning from exclusively being yeah. over the board players and they found it almost yeah. impossible. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And also, how will people handle, you know, time pressure? Because on the one hand, <laughs> I'm so used to, I'm so used to, you know, the luxury of having 17 seconds left is sort of an eternity sometimes in, in online chess. And I don't know, does that mean, you know, my, my dream, Adam, would be that I would be completely, um, completely calm and collected and you know, time pressure will be nothing to me. I think in reality, when you play slower games, it's, it's probably harder to speed up. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm interested to find out. And and also, when people, you know, I imagine the first the first time people sit down and play an over the board game of chess after such a long break, mm. there'll be so many other things going on that yeah. that first game will probably be a bit of a washout <laughs> because yeah. they'll be worried about so many other things and they'll be thinking about so many other things that I don't see how anyone human could concentrate on playing. A game in those circumstances you've got to get it out of your system um what do they what do they say the expression is if you know when you fall off the horse you get on the get, yeah. get back on the horse as quickly as possible yeah you know and and we are doing it as quickly as is safe to do so um and we'll see how that how that goes i was looking at other countries i mean other countries have some other countries never seem to have stopped you know they they, they seem to have had fide rated events especially you know, those are the ones I can track registered throughout this whole period. Um, and I like think Australia and stuff. Or... Yeah, Australia, yeah. New Zealand, but also, yeah. you know, Eastern Europe and various mm. countries who, who didn't really take the same kind of measures that we we took. And when we look back on on this whole period, you know, with perfect 2020 hindsight, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I think I would. I don't know. I, I would rather have been through this and been safe and, and players being safe than than simply do what, for instance, they did in uh, Sweden and, and just not have any measures, mm -hmm. just social distancing. That seems to have worked out all right in the long run. Um, or being one of those countries that said, you know, this is a government conspiracy and uh, yeah. we're not we're not we're not buying into it and just carried on as normal. Um I could tell you some anecdotes that people told me from tournaments they went in, mm. went and played in abroad, but um, I probably shouldn't. But it, it, it definitely struck me that other countries weren't taking this situation as, as seriously as we were. And that could have been the right idea. No one could know at that time yeah. whether or not that was the right call and whether or not we were actually overreacting hugely. And, you know, in the long run, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And... Um, you know, it's not about being right or wrong. It's just I I don't think anyone could have could have made an educated guess at the beginning. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know, so 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 what did I think at the beginning? I thought, you know, when we when we when we stopped the league, my assumption then was, you know, two three months time we would finish off the league season and then we start our next season a little bit later. It never occurred to me that it would go on quite as lot, you know, in the way in the way that way that it has really. I, I think I think it, I think it's really hard. I think I think everybody's acting with the best of intentions. I think it's a situation that 
had to be taken seriously when we look at some of the disasters in other countries of a disaster you know in india today you know there's no mm. question this was you know coronavirus is very nasty and if you're not careful you know it can cause well even if you are careful you know it can become you know very tragic consequences i suppose the thing the thing that i've reflected on sometimes during this period though adam is could chess have done more you know particularly you know last summer when things were opening up people you know you could eat indoors in a restaurant last last summer you know i think i think i said before on one of our podcasts i, I remember going out you know out with the kids and you know in bowling you know people would be playing pool in in the bowling alley and whatever you know a lot of other sports and i know and i know that there is this thing that with a chessboard you are sat across the table from somebody but i mm. i just wonder whether we could have done I thought the same thing last summer. I thought the same thing. You know, I really felt guilty that I wasn't, I was in dereliction of my duty as an organizer, not, not trying to put something on, but do you know what the big difference, a hundred percent difference is the fact that I've had two vaccines now. Yeah. So now I, now I feel like I I am, I'm in a completely different position. Not only am I in a different position, but all the players are in a different position. So I'm not just, you know, looking after myself, I'm also making sure that, that yeah. I give the players the maximum chance to be safe in that environment. And that is a complete, it's a game changer to use a cliche. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's true, but it's true. But I'm just saying, I, I, have my, um, I have my second jab in the week. It's funny, so I, I had um, I have a Pfizer jab and I don't know about, I don't know what you have, but what I found with Pfizer was the first jab, it gave me a sore arm, but I had no other, I had no other symptoms at all. I felt completely fine and I was like, Hey, it's just me. I'm just, I'm just indestructible. All this blitz chest has obviously been really good for my all-round health and yeah. well-being. But then I have a second jab, and I, I made me feel quite rubbish. Really, that's yeah. interesting because my my experience was the opposite. Um, I had AstraZeneca. Yeah, I think and the first right, time yeah. I was feeling, I felt quite yeah. ropey for 24, yeah. 48 hours. Yeah, and the second, the second vaccine, absolutely no impact yeah. whatsoever, apart from a sore right. arm. I think that's meant to be the vagaries of how the two how the two work and yeah you know, but, as, but as you say now that we've had them and you know the speed of a rollout has been so impressive it does mean yeah. that much less likely to catch it must much less likely to suffer serious consequences if you do much yeah. less likely to spread it to others those are three big boxes to, to tick and those things yeah. do you know i mean it might be that other people felt the same way but i mean a year ago let's say more than a, just more than a year ago when we didn't have yeah. this to look forward to i felt you know quite cautious and yeah um yeah a little bit depressed to put it mildly and mm-hmm. yeah i was definitely kind of reconsidering my life choices <laughs> <laughs> but you know with the, with the the vaccines i think it it's made a massive psychological difference yeah. and i was fairly certain that <clears throat> not only could we have these events in july and august because i was confident that that this would make a big difference to society but also the fact that it would it would probably make a huge difference to the people uh taking part you know that i i thought well 60 people is quite a conservative number but that will yeah. make people feel safe but yeah. i actually thought with the rollout going so well that by the time we get to july and august we might not even have to take some of those measures we've already said we'll no, take exactly. you know because we'll exactly. get there and we'll think well what was that about you know exactly and i'm on um Nigel Towers has set up um, an ECF working group, which I'm, which I'm on, we're meeting on 
next week to talk about some of the protocols and stuff. And, and as you say, you know, it's interesting because at a league level, I've said to them, we can't possibly decide now because we don't know. And actually, we don't want to tie ourselves up and then find we didn't need, we didn't need it. So just pushing the conversation on a bit, Adam, because the other thing that I'm really interested in is your views on how international chess has been changed by use uh, sorry elite chess has been changed by 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 the pan by the pandemic i mean do you think is mag is magnus carlson going to play 19 million online games for a day for the rest of his life is you know <laughs> are we going to see uh, you know we've seen as we talked about on, on these shows before you know we've seen you know people like nakamura and so on you know we've seen the, the rise of the the, the the rise of the um of the chess streamer you know, all sorts of personalities, not just the very top players, you know, the Mr. Dodgies and all the rest of it, all got big followings and so on. Is that, how How will this balance? I mean, how how's Carlson, you know, is, is Carlson going to be playing a Blitz tournament the day before <laughs> the title? Or, I don't know. <laughs> well, ironically, um, I think, you know, I'll, 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 I'll say exactly what I think. I yeah. think that, that, as a sort of chess purist, and I and I am probably quite old-fashioned in that regard, uh -huh. I think um, chess has been changed by COVID for the better, commercially, uh -huh. but not necessarily from from my point of view as a as a consumer. So I I'm I've I've tried streaming. I've done some streaming, and I've uh -huh. watched a lot of streams, and I'm I'm not particularly interested in in that field. Uh -huh. It doesn't. It doesn't grip me in the same way. I do like the um, the the availability of a lot of commentary online is is great because it's cheap to produce, yeah. Um, and you get a lot of choice, so you might get three or four people doing commentary on the same big uh -huh. tournament, and I love that because I, you know, we didn't have that kind of choice before, and we certainly didn't have uh, so many commentators. Um, so I think it's done the the chess world good commercially. But the problem is that if you're a young player with with talent and your talent lies in chess, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily make a huge difference to you. If you have less talent, but you're better at streaming uh, um, or, you know, you, you're just funnier on camera. Yeah, uh, I think it could it could open up a lot of career opportunities for for um young people to have a career in chess which i which i can't really complain about it and if it if it broadens the appeal of chess i'm not one of these people who says um you know we shouldn't trivialize the game in mm. order to popularize it as far mm. as i'm concerned you know with chess we we need to broaden the appeal and um i'm quite happy to to see the appeal broaden just as i was quite happy to see 2020 cricket you know yeah. i'm happy to see 2020 chess you know the equivalent of um you've actually got to see if you look at the um one one good guide to the way things are going in the chess world is the success of magnus and play magnus uh, particularly uh. if you look at you know the, the the sort of track record of that company over the pandemic um you only have to look at the share price to know that at the beginning of the uh. pandemic uh it, the share price went through the roof uh, and gradually it's tailed off as we've got nearer and nearer to a kind of resolution to the pandemic as the as the various vaccines have been released and so the question is will will that will that demand for online chess streaming and online competitions will that still will that last longer than the pandemic it's a really good question i mean i i think 
people have got in, 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 into habits, haven't they? Which will, and I don't think this is necessarily a good thing, but I think to a large extent, we all kind of live on our screens a little bit, don't we? And you, and you design your, your, your computer around with things that you really want to watch. <laughs> so I, I think, I, I think, I think they hold on to audience and stuff. I've, I definitely do. And it's quite a good way to bring in, you know, new people and so on. Um, I think what's interesting as well is it's sort of like, I mean, you know, credit to Magnus, but he sort of made the world champion more accessible than, than ever. You know, if you think about history, you know, we all, we all know our chess history where, you know, world champions would regularly go months, even a year without without playing, you know, an over, an over the ball game. And that, that, that's, we're never going to have that world again, are we? I don't think. No, I think kudos to Magnus Carlsen and... Um... Yeah. Because I mean, he is very accessible, and he is prepared to mm. to risk. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, okay, you you could tell from from watching people's streams, you could tell that the top players didn't a, a they weren't comfortable with with mm. playing such big events online and streaming yeah. and being on camera, and b they they didn't really take it seriously, mm. and uh, c they made a lot more blunders as a result. You know the quality of the games was poor, and gradually over the over the whole course of you know eighteen months, the the quality of the chess I think has really improved, because the you know Magnus and and the companies that sponsored his events put their money where their mouth was, and they said you know these are serious events, and yeah. and of course everybody started to take them much more seriously. So mm. that's a really good thing, and I hope um, that some of that interest in sponsoring chess transfers to over the board chess because yeah. i know i know during this period a lot of companies have gone out of business mm. a lot of companies that have survived have have um, lost interest in sponsoring uh, anything uh, chess being one of them and i think it, we need those companies to 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 be interested in chess i mean one of the great yeah. things is i think where where there will be we've had a we've had a bad time, but where there will be a recovery, I think the UK will be at in at the front of that recovery. I think we'll bounce back a lot, a lot bigger than a lot of countries, because a lot yeah. of countries have had less of an impact. So I think actually we've taken the hit it much more severely. And as a result, I think the recovery will be very um interesting to see. And I hope that during that period, some of those companies think about sponsoring chess uh -huh. to publicize their their brand and of course with magnus out there as a very a visible kind of world champion and a very strong brand i mean that's that's an inspiration uh -huh. for marketing people they can look at him uh -huh. and they can see what can be done yeah i i i i, I agree with i agree with all all of that i suppose like if you put the the other sort of case which i don't agree with but just play that devil's advocate is where I say sort of the, the world championship is less of a big deal because it's because because it's not rationed anymore, and you know, can you have too much of a good thing? Is it a big deal? It's a, I think it's um, it is a huge deal, and um, you know, it's a huge deal for for thousands of people who who sort of take part in all the qualification cycles every every year, and you know, young young players who hope to be at that level one day. But um, it's it's a grassroots roots thing. I mean, we've had this recent yeah. controversy about about football, you know. Yeah. And the, the, I don't know anything about football, but I know I know what I felt when I yeah. when I read about that. Yeah. Um, 
And and chess is the same, you know, it all starts at the grassroots level. Mm. So, you know, we can go from Magnus, mm. but we can trace Magnus's roots right back to mm. when he was a kid mm. playing chess in a club and probably playing chess with some old guy who happens to be my age, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, that's the thing. It, it, yeah. It's the Beth Harmon, it's yeah. the Beth Harmon effect. Um if it weren't if it weren't for those clubs, we probably wouldn't be where we are today. And so mm. that's that's we have to have a holistic approach. We have to think, well, how are we going to get people back into, you know, clubs at that level so that this this magic can happen and mm. kids can discover the joy of playing chess over the board mm. and, uh, you know, find that they've got a talent for chess. Actually, do you know what? Mike, you know, you mentioned the fact that, that kids have all these other things available to them. Mm. This is absolutely true. But one of the great things is having a lot of things, having a lot of choice available to you when you're a kid if you're lucky enough to be in that position, sometimes you find something that you're really good at. Yeah, and you don't you don't true. need to be good at any specific thing. As long as you can find one thing that you're good at, all your mates give you kudos. You feel better as a human being. You feel like more you have more of an incentive to try harder at things that you're not so good at mm. because you, you can see that improvement can be made. Mm. So I think chess is just one of those things alongside um, music lessons and, you know, tennis lessons and you know, maths and all the other all the other good things that we do at school so um we've got we've got to i think junior chess is probably um in a very good position yeah compared yeah. with adult chess let's say adult chess clubs jun junior chess is going to bounce back very hard mm. because kids they're more resilient they don't suffer so much from the virus the parents just mm. want to get them in front of each other at, at competitions as soon mm. as possible so you can see that that will happen very soon and if it doesn't, I will do something. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But adult no, clubs, exactly, I mean, exactly. my my club, Hendon, you know, we've been talking about whether or not we'd get back together as a club mm. in, the, in quite the same way. And of course, there's the cost problem, you know, cost of a venue. Are people going to turn up? Um, is it going to be worth it? We've been playing online chess in the London League um, with about 400 other players mm. every Wednesday night. And that's that's worked. This is the second season we've done it, mm -hmm. and it, it's worked out incredibly well. You know, hundreds of players have taken part. Who I, I, I don't want to stereotype them, but I, th I don't think they were early adopters in any sense. Mm -hmm. And they and they had some technical problems at the beginning. You know, getting used to playing on a new platform, mm -hmm. but they they really love it. And you know, that might be that might be the future for for some club chess because mm -hmm. it's just so much easier to to organize i ought to stress that we use tornello so it's not like using lee chess um or chess.com which is kind of play on demand tornello is a platform where you can play chess but you can do the pairings online as well so it's it's yeah. arbiter led so i you know you can run an event on tornello yeah. where you can't really run the same kind of event on lee chess or chess.com and that has made a big impact yeah i mean i think that's right i mean we've done we've done in the midlands look um various we've done two seasons already not on the same scale obviously as you guys but but with local leagues and we're going to do a third one but it was interesting one of the things that we were very clear on is we want our third league to be finished before september because then we don't want to run an online league at the same time as we you know because we won't want to focus on over the board and getting people back to that so we don't want a direct parallel online offering now of course yeah. you know, there's Let's be honest. There's zillions, there's zillions of tournaments that people could play in online, and you know, but but nevertheless, as a league, 
we want to put our colours behind on over over the board chest as soon as as soon as we can, you know. Because again, we have our debate: do we want to become high, you know, hybrid? And you know, who knows? I, I'm sure, I'm sure in future generations there will be more of that. But I think right now we want to save as much over over the board chest as we can. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I would like is to find out m- more about what other people are doing in in their mm-hmm. clubs because I I I'm in a bubble. Um, not in a COVID sense, but I'm in a bubble mm. in, in Northwest London where I speak to maybe, you know, 10, 10 people who are connected with chess, who are yeah. very local. So I know yeah. I know what their views are and, and it might be very different outside of London. Mm. Um, and, I, and I don't get the, the English chess forum is something that I do. I do follow quite closely for feedback, yeah. but it's a select group of people. So it would be great if. I don't know. The the ECF forum, the EC forum is not an English Chess Federation official forum, but it would be it would be nice if there were a more formal platform that the ECF could provide for Mario people to a, give that kind of feedback. I think we were saying in terms of avoiding cans of worms, I mean that is a, <laughs> about as much of a can of worms as is possible to get, I think. I yeah. Mean, obviously there was an East, there was an English Chess Federation platform as well and all the yeah. history of that. So We'll I save that for another for another yeah, podcast because yeah. there's so many so many so many things to say about the EC forum. Mm. But mm. but I but I think the EC forum is is a really good way of of gauging a certain range of opinion. That's that's what I'll say. I think yeah, and I think what I say is well, should, uh, agree. Not wanting to go too far off topic, though. I think the trouble is there's an awful lot of people who read it who, for various re- reasons, wouldn't want to post on it, and we need to get <laughs> we need to get their views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so is a question. Is a question for you. I mean, do you think Facebook is a better medium for um, asking for opinion and gauging opinion? I'm the wrong person to ask because I, 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 I'm not actually on Facebook, so I don't. I oh don't, wow! Okay. Uh, yeah. Now even actually, even I'm a very very late adopter of Facebook because yeah. I only really picked it up for you know marketing chess events. But I I found that you know as long as you you need to have a very very good filter. Yeah. So you need to filter out quite a lot of stuff, which is obviously um, somebody's very strong personal opinion. Mm-hmm. And actually, quite often you do get uh, an interesting view, range of viewpoints. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, um, I, I've been following chess because I've got some family in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I've been following, you know, what's been happening in, in New Zealand. And I, oh, it's, it's amazing, really. I mean, they've hardly, they've hardly had a hiccup in, the, in, their, in their chess. The only yeah. thing that they've suffered from, and it is a big thing, is is that they haven't been able to have international visitors. But as far as mm. domestic chess goes, mm. you know, they they've hardly paused for breath, and I and that's all been down to the actions of the government and and some good fortune, um, because they're they're an island in the middle of, you know, in the middle of the ocean. Um, but that's quite interesting, and um, getting opinions from from. Um, I've actually probably had more insight into how other club organisers, club secretaries are feeling mm. through Facebook than I have through the forum. That's no, really, just really interesting. It's really interesting, and as you say, we're going to need to lots more talking, lots more sharing of ideas. I think there's bound to be some bumps, bumps along the road as we open exactly. up. Exactly. You know, we learn things, we know things a year from now that we don't know that we don't know today. But I think like. 
I think if, if you ask, ask me to sum up what's, what's my overriding feeling, I think, you know, and I think this conversation has just reinforced it, Adam, is, you know, this is a really exciting time and it's a really positive time and we've been through a lot of difficulties and now, you know, we're not quite there, but you can see, you know, the light at the end of a tunnel and you can see that it, this is going to work. We are on the way back and it's something that I think all chess players should celebrate and, you know, let's hope we can welcome as many people back as possible. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, I agree, and that yeah. and that that's a good time. That's a good time to end. But I, I just wanted to say thank you for doing this. And I think I think we might we might try something a, a little bit more adventurous next time. We can we can stream this live on Facebook, or um, there are other platforms. Other platforms are available. You can you can stream it live, and we, and we can get questions live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can even do it directly on YouTube. Now that could be opening a can of worms, but I'm prepared to to try it and see what happens because uh, I'm sure that we'll get some very immediate feedback as a result. <laughs> we will see. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Offline and yeah, but no, it's been a great conversation. So thank you, Adam. Brilliant. And if you like, um, if you like this podcast, I don't know what what um, platform you're you're listening to this podcast on but it's it's originally created on anchor.fm anchor.fm and then you can you can subscribe on anchor.fm and favorite the podcast or you can find it on at your favorite podcast um listener if that's the right expression you can get it on spotify which is which is my favorite that's how i listen to most of my podcasts now thank you very much brilliant thanks adam Speak to you again, Ben. Yeah, definitely. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you like this, why not sign up for my free newsletter? Just Google The Chess Circuit. There's a free version and there's a paid version and your support is always welcome. See you on the next podcast.